Welcome to After Further Review. Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor on the board as our producer as well. Episode 6, Wednesday, uh, April 15th. At one point in time, this used to be tax day back in the day, but not anymore, John Pelkey. They've extended the deadline. I don't, and I don't know what the, what is the new deadline uh, uh, for tax for tax day nowadays. Twenty twenty nine. That's actually what at this I point thought. there. It's twenty twenty nine. So very happy about that. In yeah, the so interest of not giving out false information, it's July fifteenth. It is July. It is of July. We can year. give out false information all we want. We sure. pretend like we know anything about sports. It is July 15th. Uh, the whole thing is we may not have any additional income until 2029. So, you know, at that, well, that's at that point, hopeful. who knows? That is pretty hopeful, John Pelkey. Uh, there's no, no level of hope right now. Because you and I have both agreed that uh, our days of performing are, are essentially over. Yes, for this yes. Podcast. Our days of our chosen profession have come to an end for us. Yes, I think, uh, you know, Domino's, Amazon, Driver, I could do both of those gigs. How about you? You'd like to work at Lowe's at some point. I know that. I I, I would. I think probably since uh, home uh, repair is I'm going to be an expert at it, expert at it, home uh, repair and home projects. So, yeah, Lowe's, because my two preferred jobs uh, for for many years, uh, uh, non-performing, were working in a bookstore or a video store. Ah, so, I mean, okay. and number three was a blacksmith. So apparently I wasn't thinking ahead of time. Do you have any experience working in a bookstore or a video store? Uh, I do not have any experience per se working in a bookstore or a video store. But uh, through high school and college, I did work retail. So, you know, mainly so you clothing some, stores. I worked, at a, I worked at a bookstore in college. Did you? Yeah, I did. It was it was a uh, was pretty, pretty solid gig. Always wanted a gig like that. Always yeah, wanted it was pretty a fun, gig. actually. Pretty neat. You know, because if, if things were slow and everything was cleaned up, you know, you just go to a certain section of the bookstore and start reading. You know, you got to know that got you got to know what's in the store. Plus, for me, the the upside, it would be uh, just uh, basically judging people on their book choices. Uh, well, you know, of course. So like, oh, look, another Stephen King. Way to stretch. Way to stretch your reading muscles. Yeah, I don't know. I we've talked about that. We've talked about how wonderful that fantasy is of yours. You love just basking in the thought of ringing someone in and looking at their titles and just judging them, and not just really, silently, really. Judging eat, them. eat, pray, love. Great, boy. I want to party with you. Good lord. I've got three other words for you. Read better books. Wow. <laughs> My gosh. That's exactly. Amazing. Come on, Mark. You would silently see. That's the difference between you and it I, is. Mark. Is it that is. I am the sheep in wolf's clothing? Sure. Uh, meaning, you know, I'm going to be prickly like that. Sure. But when push comes to shove, I, I'm just I'm all heart. Oh yeah. And uh, you're, you, you've got a you're soft a underbelly. You're a hail fellow, well met. Big time. But but yours is nothing but dark and rusty metal inside, with with little or no thought for your fellow human being. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, you'd be like, oh, hey, picking up the new Stephen King, aren't you? And in your mind, you're just thinking, it's my hope that, that the world thins the herd and starts with you. Now, I don't know if I, I'd definitely go there, but that's, you know, I, I definitely will have a face of, uh, wow, this is a wonderful thing. Outstanding choice. Yeah. yeah. Stephen King. How yeah, is it? You were- I, I haven't read this yet. And I would do that. And inside, you're right. I mean, maybe, John, in that sense, that I, I will never stop performing and I just will stop getting paid for it. Sure. I, yeah, I, well, I think that's, that's probably true for all of us. Is, is reading that's- Stephen King books something that should be looked down on? No. Well, I just bring that up because I don't it's, think so. it's uh, and I, there are a number of Stephen King books that I've read and I like them. But it, just what you look at people and, and, and I will fully admit that I will admit to what a horrible person I am. If that's all you're reading, uh, now I have a problem. Okay, because that's just it's it's like if you just it's like the people who only listen to one type of music. Here it is. See, this is the thing. Mix it up. It it goes to the deep cut thing with John. The the stand is my favorite book of all time. In the end, he's an elitist. I am an elitist and I have absolutely no justification for that. I am decidedly middle class. I'm not that bright. Uh, I, I really haven't parlayed my life into anything that anyone should ever be proud of. Right. Uh, at yeah, 55, my career has come to a screeching halt. <laughs> um, and I think the question that we all have at this point is, uh, how the hell did you get to 55 without that having happened? Yeah. But uh, again, you don't have to be smart to be 
an elite. No, you actually, you even have a successful life. To you, be an elite. You're using you're using the wrong you're using the wrong terminology. You don't you do have to have a successful life to be an elite. You do not have to have a successful life to be an elitist. Well, ah, not good to point. Be, you could be good born point. into uh, an elite status, Jeff, without having any sort of done anything at all. You know what I'm saying? You oh, could yeah. Be, you could be part of the elite class and act like an elite and be an elitist with have no discernible skills or any accomplishments to, uh, you know, to brag about. But the I thing mean, is, if you are born into the elite class, then by definition, you're, you get to do a bunch of elitist things that make you like I like to pretend yeah. that I've read. Uh, the uh, I've read Russian epic novels in St. Petersburg in their original tongue while eating borscht. I haven't done that, right. but I like to pretend in my mind that I've done that sort of thing. However, you have, John Pelkey, sat on a balcony in Barcelona overlooking the Mediterranean Sea mm. and read Hemingway, I believe. Just, well, it wasn't Barcelona. It was Nerja. Uh, I'm not sure Barcelona's on the coast because I haven't been there. It is. But it is, is it? Coast. All right. I wish I'd have been in Barcelona. I was in Nerja, which is beautiful. I, ha- I have done that. Yes, I, I did do that. And I don't know why you couldn't I, just I, I, go with the story. Just couldn't go with the Barcelona overlooking the Mediterranean. Because I've never been to Barcelona. And I'm thinking people will listen to this now and they'll go, wow, that guy is really uh-huh. hard on himself. When this all clears up, I'm going to fund his trip to Barcelona. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm looking for. Mark, Mark. have you been to I, Barcelona? What's that? Mark, have you been to Barcelona? I have not, but it is oh. a place I definitely want to go to and I'd love to I'd love to fly to Barcelona and rent a car and drive across all the way through the Spanish Riviera, the French Riviera, and down into the Italian Riviera and into Rome. I think that'd be a great road trip and then fly out of Rome. That's a long drive. It is, but some of the some of the most weeks. beautiful views though, the between Monaco and Marseille, France. There, yes. it, there's a road that's along the uh, the mountain. The uh, it's right. basically cliffs, and that's one of the most incredible sights one can have, one can see uh, from the water, especially because I you am, I am you elite. You can't be looking there too long because it will fall been. off, as people have done. I, I have, I have been to Barcelona, as have I been to all of the other places you plan on driving. Outstanding, Jeff. Yeah. Well I'm done, cultured. you. I'm cultured. I made Rome. He did. He made Rome. Good. Congratulations. Now, now before before we move on with the show, gentlemen, we we would be remiss without mentioning that it's Jackie Robinson Day. And um, it's sad that we can't, you know, obviously celebrate it on the field. But it is the reason why, even though I'm a avowed Dodger hater because I was raised that way and it's really not my fault. It's in my blood. Well, you're raised a Giants fan. You probably let people know that that and that's very legitimate. I don't think you have to apologize for that. It's very legitimate. Exactly. They're your, they are your heated rival. And at, even with that, John and Jeff, and Jeff hates the Dodgers as well. I, I do, believe. and I'm not a Giants fan. Exactly. So there's plenty of Dodger haters out there. But you, I cannot hate the organization at all. I have to tip my hat to that organization for, for Vince Scully, certainly, but primarily, obviously, for Jackie Robinson. Yeah. And, and, and what they did and the kind of limb – they went out on, and the way they handled it and the way Jackie Robinson, of course, handled it, but really from the top down how they handled it is something you have to look at and say no matter what they do. And our friend Riley Claremont likes to say, you know, you can't come back from certain behaviors or certain activities or certain things you've said, but no matter what the Dodgers do that may anger me or may be offensive <laughs> To the game of baseball, it doesn't matter. They will get a forever pass because of Jackie Robinson this day in 1947. Yeah, 73 years ago. Good Lord. I just sent a message. You guys don't need to read it now. I just didn't want to forget to send it in that. I didn't want you to get uh, sidetracked. You can look at that after. Us? Get sidetracked? What are the odds of that? That never (laughs) happens. Squirrel! That never happens. All right, so what we're going to do, John, which we haven't done... Since I believe it may have been the first episode, we may have done it in the second episode, but I doubt it, uh, is do a little progressive trivia. Give you a couple hints at the top of the show right now. Little, you know, not exactly the top of the show, but a little bit into the opening. And then give you a couple more hints midway through and then a couple more hints toward the end and see if you come up with it. Now, I've given you the six hints already, John, but I have not given you the answer. Do you have any idea who it is or have you even read 
the progressive trivia I gave you. Um, I read the progressive trivia earlier, but I, uh, I I glanced over it, but I did not uh, actually peruse them close enough to have a guess. Okay, so here we go. This is the first one. And why don't you go ahead and, and read the first two clues, John? Yeah, I don't even have them in front of me. I can't find them once again. Okay, should, should so. be. It should be on the. the Never ask questions you. you don't have an an- you don't have the answer to, Mark. <sighs> Did you understand that from L.A. Law? I know, I understand, I do understand, but the- and you know, you're, you're now sending things to me via uh, messenger, you- a, G- a mail, email that's not my own. You're sending it, via- <laughs> so I do. You know, the- I sent it. I sent it to your archaic AOL email, but apparently you haven't gotten it yet. Well, all I right. did. All right. So, so go, go ahead. I'm opposed to this in every way. <laughs> You do. You hate progressive trivia. You are not a fan of really a lot of ideas I brought to the table today, John. You, you really aren't. I think, dare I say, any ideas that you brought. First to the clue: table. I went to a school in the SEC. Second clue is I played for 15 years with two different teams. Went to a school in the SEC, played for 15 years with two different teams. Can and I make a guess? Yeah, go Pey- ahead. Peyton Manning. No, that's okay. a pretty good guess. Okay, okay. So it's a football player. It is a foot it is a football player, yes. Guys, you never said that. No, I did not say that. No, I made the guess without knowing without the knowledge yes. of uh, it being a football player. It is a football player. Okay. John, do you have do you have any guesses at all? Peyton uh, Manning's a very good guess. Southeastern Conference, fifteen years, two teams. Yes. Those are the only clues we have? Those are the only two so far. Then I have no guess. All right. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Jeff had a guess. You have no guess. Congratulations. No, I mean, I know. Believe me, I know how this works. I know that you have not given me enough information to, uh, <laughs> at this point. No, no, no. But it, this drive. is what we do. We, we elicit guess, guesses let, from the guests. Let me, say, let me tell you where, two, how my we, thinking was. We got was. one from Jeff. This is this is how my thinking went. It wasn't going to be oh. some crazy offensive lineman, anything like that. Was my assumption, and most positions do not ma- maintain one or two teams outside of quarterback for that length of time. All right. right, right, okay. So nice job, congratulations, and uh, we'll move on. We'll move on to talk God, about. Uh, I hope so. The event coming up in eight days from now, Johnny, the the, uh, the NFL draft, who uh, you've talked about, you talked about this Monday, that it's an actual live event, an yeah, actual live event happening in a world where no live events happen. Yeah, I, I guess uh, the latest is that they're trying to perhaps put together some sort of UFC or uh, one of those leagues is trying to put together uh, some live sporting event. But this is all really that we know we're going to have. So the discussion is uh, even more uh, ubiquitous than it normally is. And uh, we still, I would argue, know no more right now than we knew a month and a half ago. In terms of if the draft is going to happen or in terms no, of what, I, no, what, I think, what teams I think are dra- going to select what, I think what the players? Dra- I think the, the draft is going to happen. But as far as any, um, any uh, insight into what the teams are going to do. Most people seem to believe at this point that Cincinnati is going to hold on to the number one pick and take Joe Burrow with that. The Tua story, we talked a little bit about that. Um, I guess, Mark, in doing a little bit further research, his last uh, physical was sometime in mid-March-ish. I think you had said that in yeah. the last show as well. Yeah, I think that and it's, it's, it, it wasn't as if he failed a physical. I may have misstated that last show. But that... Uh, the and I've heard this from multiple sources that there are a handful of teams that could have been in the mix for him, either in and not specified in a position that he might be available or willing to draft up for him. There were four or five, maybe six teams that uh, were in that discussion early that after the physical and the uh, some of the workout stuff that he's done, they've decided to uh, or at least they're saying they're no longer um, considering him. And to your point about we we know nothing more than we did a month ago, that's really how it is every year with the NFL draft. We really, it's pure speculation. Well, now we have so much time to speculate with no baseball, no NBA, NHL, and it's just speculation after speculation. 
And uh, again, I think sometimes people just throw things out there just just to elicit a response. Um, I people are and now everyone, of course, as we always do, trying to come up with a scenario where there'll be the big trade. Is there going to be the big trade? Well, infrequently we have the big trade. So I don't think we know a lot, but it's just going to be fun to have something live to talk about. Yeah, there is no doubt about that. And the misinformation and disinformation campaign is probably as ramped up as it ever has been. But you're right. There's much more of a focus on that. But think about it, John. Think about especially us preparing for the draft at the ESPN Club back in the day. You know, Major League Baseball, once opening day came and went, no one cared about it. No one checked in until after the you know until the All Star break, right? And you know, in terms of right now, the NBA and the NHL seasons are, are wrapping up, and the playoffs are probably you know starting to begin. But even even that barely, you know, no one cares about the first round of the NBA finals for the most part, or the NHL finals true. for the most part. Well, true, but it was. It, it, I, I don't disagree with you, Mark, and I think more people, and particularly we're in, a, in, in Florida, we're in a very football centric area. But the uh, the sports centers of the world and all the uh, the sports talk shows had those other sports to talk about and did. Whether or not they people were, you know, and and you and I both know people are more interested in preseason NFL football that means nothing. Oh, than yeah. Some playoff baseball. You know, yes. we run into that. We run into yes. that issue. But at least the broadcast partners, the broadcast folks had yeah. other things to talk about. And uh, what what, again, I'm finding really, really funny is with only this thing to talk about to me. The speculation is getting wilder than ever. And then, of course, the more time that we spend on this. And remember, we would have spent most of the month of March focusing on college basketball. And we lost all of that. And that is an event that I think is at the top of everybody's list in the month of March. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, the stuff about Tua and the workout, maybe, you know, teams may just literally have be so sick of Adam Schefter calling them. Oh, how do you feel about Tua? Yeah, no, uh, we hate his guts. All right, outstanding, Just, outstanding imitation of uh, Adam Schefter. Hi, um, I'm on TV, and what? I'm, it's just amazing I'm how well he performs when he's in front of the camera. Well, he's got a he's got an on camera persona, Mark. Just yeah, like, but it's it, like you and evidently. I barely Just put like two words you, together outside you know, of because it. You don't normally sound like the voice that you used at the top of this show. I don't know where your voice went, but you went to some '40s announcer thing. At the top of the show, that's your performing thing, apparently. So I don't know. That's the same thing. Yeah, you know. went into the, hello, everybody, and welcome to Abner Fall of Romeo. I mean, it was, honestly, I it, was, it was Jackie Perfect for Jackie Robinson Day. <laughs> Sounded like a 1947 broadcast. I like it. I like it. I'm going to I'm gonna have to listen to it because, uh, you know, you want to be a little bit more energetic when the show starts. No, no. I, I, I'm not I'm not disappointed. It was great. It, it took me by surprise. Normally, I'm disappointed seconds in, but I actually yes. hung on. So, so, so uh, let me ask you this. Go ahead. You, no, you I was have just another say, point to make. Well, I, I was just going to make yet another the, point to make. <laughs> the only, <laughs> yeah, well, it's what I do. The only to me, the real interesting question right now is the um, is the Justin Herbert to a situation in the Miami Dolphins. That's uh, the one that sits that makes if, if the most the Dolphins, sense. What would you do? What would you do? Well, I have I said in the last show, and I'm going to stick with this, that I think you make a bigger mistake missing on a high round quarterback right. uh, than you do passing up a guy who eventually shows to be, you know, a Pro Bowl guy or a Hall of Fame guy, whatever. And how often do they really come up, come around so that when you lock into drafting a guy who's the wrong guy too high, now you've set yourself back three or four years. Uh, unless again you're the Arizona Cardinals and you just get rid of them after one year, um, but I would probably take uh, Justin Herbert at this point because he's he has less of a risk factor of being a miss, even though Oregon quarterbacks dating all the way back to Dan Fouts, with the exception of Dan <laughs> had a, Fouts, had a pretty good career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now now if he yeah, goes to the Chargers, then I think he might have a great career, Justin Herbert. But if he goes anywhere else, <sighs> he well that's Kelly Smith. But here's Joey, the thing. Joey Harrington. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but here's the thing about Herbert. As as I'm, I'm watching some more of this draft uh, discussion and, uh, and and reading about it is uh, he showed up and played best in the biggest games 
at Oregon. True. That's a good call. I, even, I have, though, yeah, even though we took right. a little step backwards this year in terms of overall statistics and everything. And I mean that, you know, a lot of those can can also come down to did he graduate some senior wide receivers that were but you know what I mean? There are there are difference. There are things that yeah. he can't affect in those situations. But everyone talking about the fact that he stepped up and played the biggest in the biggest games and even games that the team didn't win. Yeah, uh, he played well. And that to me would uh, that that would probably be the tipping point again uh, because of the two injury, um, though. What I watched from the workout and the things that I've heard about to his workout is that physically he's doing very, very well. Well, it does hurt him that they doesn't have those pro days, as you mentioned last week. And uh, you're right about Justin Herbert's clutch performances uh, this season. With a couple minutes left in this segment, I want to do bring up this idea, though. Joe Burrow is going to be the number one by, from everything we've heard. And he's a Heisman Trophy winner going number one. And we uh, these are the last seven Heisman Trophy winners that have gone number one overall. Kyler Murray, we don't know anything about him yet, but he hasn't gotten to the playoffs, obviously. Baker Mayfield, same Mm -hmm. situation. We don't know. Yeah. Jameis Winston, five years in, no playoffs. Cam Newton, I think a very solid career. Uh, You know, one Super Bowl, I think maybe two or three playoff wins. Sam Bradford, no playoff appearances. Carson Palmer, I think had a three good career. Yeah, very solid career. And then Vinny Testaverde, who was pretty much a compiler most of his career. But Right, because you know, if you look at him, he has he has Hall of Fame statistics. You look 21 at, years. There's, there's something yeah. to be said for that. There's Now, there's those seven. There's no Super Bowl wins. There's one appearance. There's 61 total seasons, seven total playoff wins. So overall, I think it's fair to say uh, with any sort of analysis that's fair and sober, <laughs> they are good, obviously pretty durable, solid quarterbacks, yes, Franchise winning QBs, you know that that take their quarter that take their franchises to a winning legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd have to say no, right? You'd, you'd now, have to say no, and uh, that's all the way back thirty-five years, John. Pelton. Right. Uh, now, part of that is organizational, and if you're getting picked at the top, you're getting picked by a bad football team. Well, sometimes will be. Sometimes those uh, football teams that uh, are Picking number one are teams that have been down for a couple of seasons, had a bad season in rebuilding uh, situations. But then you do have teams like the Bengals where it's been, uh, you know, they've had some success. But I think everybody looks at that as an organization where guys succeed despite the organization sometimes. That it's not looked at organizationally as being a great organization. No Super Bowl wins. Only one appearance all right. the way back 35 years, seven playoff wins. Browns, Bengals, Cardinals. Well, again, he's, he's going to be picked by the Bengals. He's right. No, I Bengals. Sure. Yeah, I understand that. I understand. And guys have stepped up and played. Listen, Andy Dalton's not a great quarterback, but Andy Dalton's had a pretty good career. And I understand I think, that. But number one pick overall, Heisman Trophy, you expect something more than one. Super Bowl appearance in 35 years and seven total playoff wins in, in, in you know in, in 61 total seasons. Right. You just you, do. It, it's to me it's until, an overhyped thing. You know, okay. to me it to me it's proven. I think that, it says more about those organizations because again, you look at the organizations who draft and go all of those guys, Kyler Murray, Cardinals, Browns for Baker Mayfield. I understand that, but uh, I mean but Bengals, go to the Bengals. I'm just Buccaneers. saying well, for I us think, to assume that Joe Burrow is going to have a Hall of Fame career, I'm not assuming, is, or or even a career that, you know, is I mean, the best we can hope for with him is Carson Palmer, basically, or Cam Newton, and yeah. that's and that is even the odds are even against that. You say that's I, the best we can hope for him? Well, based on the last 35 years of evidence. Oh, I think okay. That's, I think that's what I, I don't think is a. I think the best might be a, what what you're saying is it. The most likely scenario, given the evidence that you've just presented, if everything goes that, right for him, he might be able to do Cam Newton or Carson Palmer. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying we should we should severely lower our expectations for this kid. I hope he does well. I hope he blows all those expectations away, but he may not. So what you're saying our, is that if, for best case scenario for Joe Burrows would have been for Charles Woodson to have played his senior year at college the same year. 
I don't. I don't know what you mean. That's oh, you're who, talking that's about who Charles Manning Yeah, he Peyton Manning came in second his senior year to Charles Woodson, and uh, Peyton Manning went number one overall. It it just is what has happened in terms of Heisman quarterbacks picked number one overall, and and yeah, that would have changed the dynamic, and it, and then it would have been Peyton Manning. And uh, that would have been the best he could hope for. And that's obviously, you know, top five of all time or, or, or close to. So, you know, yeah. But I mean, that's all the, all those ifs, you know, that didn't well, people people over people have more of a tendency to overreach for quarterbacks than any other position. So it's not terribly surprising. And we all agree that the Heisman Trophy is not in any way indicative of what kind of success a guy's going to have in a National Football League. Yeah, I mean, so, if Charles, not, if I'm not Charles terribly Wilson, surprised about all this, but I think those guys that you mentioned had a lot more to do with the organizations that they went to and where those organizations were at that time. And you're right, Joe Burrow. It, you know, if Joe Burrow had his choice, probably wouldn't want to go to Cincinnati. Probably exactly. like to go to New England, frankly. And, and the number one pick overall is, you know, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Peyton Manning went to Indianapolis. They had the number one pick overall, so they weren't a very good team going into that draft, obviously. So there are some exceptions of number one picks overall, be, becoming Hall of Famers, becoming a franchise-winning quarterback, in his case, for two franchises. But, you know, that's that's not the history of Heisman quarterbacks. Well, and, you number know, one overall, going back to Vinny Testaverde. And, again, I, I just want to stick with and, uh, your evidence. is It's right there to look at. I, I just want to uh, – I'm always going to say that I think a lot of that has to do uh, more with uh, the organizations that pick those teams. And I don't disagree with players, that. Um, and I, perhaps, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah, yeah, and that they're either overreaching for a guy because they desperately need a quarterback. And usually if you're a really bad team, quarterback is, is at the top of the list of things. That you don't have good quarterback play. But um, its situation is in- incredibly uh, important. What situation you find yourself in um, as a young quarterback? Every player, Mark, we've ever interviewed said said that as much as there's no any, doubt about that. that. It's the position that you most need to find yourself in a comfort zone. No, and I agree. I bad agree. teams, lots of saying, turnover, coaching wise. Yeah, Joe Burrow's going to go to a bad team, so it looks like that same uh, scenario is going to continue. Now, if I'm the Bengals. I mean, literally, if I'm the bank, Trevor Lawrence is going to be available next year. You know, parlay that number one, you know, for another four really good picks this year and another three really good picks next year because you're not going to do anything this year. That's my take on the Dolphins is that they should take uh, offensive linemen with all three of their first round picks and tank next year and get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's the thing. And they could. Jeff, there's a lot of good offensive tackles in this uh, in this draft, especially at the top of the draft. But there, it, it goes all the way through, and you you spend a year building up your line and letting them gel and mature with Ryan Fitzpatrick get, at the helm. Exactly, and then yeah. you get a Trevor Lawrence, and you've part, and you have a bunch of draft picks next year as well. Anyway, that's just I'm, I'm just saying Joe Burrow is. Uh, I feel bad for the guy. All right, time for two more. Progressive trivia hints. All right, I'm going to do the right, other first ones. two hints. First two hints. I, I remember this. I'll handle this far, Mark. First two hints. Southeastern Conference school, 15-year career for two teams. NFL player we're looking for. Nice job. Third progressive trivia clue is played in 11 playoff games and one Super Bowl and played with Peyton Manning and Brad Johnson. Peyton Manning and Brad Johnson, who were starting quarterbacks for teams he played for. So those are the four clues so far. Go ahead and do the first two again, Johnny. Southeastern Conference School went to an SEC school, played 15 years in the NFL for two teams. 11 playoff games, one Super Bowl, played with Peyton Manning and Brad Johnson. All right. So let's move on to the poll question, Johnny. We uh, we had a lot of responses. This is your this is out of your brain. You know, you, you may have stolen it from somewhere or you may have just thought about it yourself. And uh, last week, I thought of the the top five, hoping for a poll, hoping to create a poll about the top five quarterbacks or the top ten quarterbacks. And we got three responses out of your brain this week, 36 responses. So, John, you you win. You thank you. It means a lot to me. I know it does. And that's I'd why like I'd to thank everyone. Avail- I'd like to thank everyone who brought this uh, brought this award to uh, the four for me. Jeff Taylor, particularly for putting this podcast together and Mark for having a horrible idea of what the the last poll question should be all right so let's take a look at some of your responses that you sent to us via voicemail 
Hey, Mark and John, Chris Peterson here. Um, really digging the podcast, subscribing and everything and listening to you guys on all the topics, especially the sports in regards to the poll question about a favorite tournament. Got to say, hands down, the Masters. I'm a big sports fan on uh, many levels, but got to love the Masters and hope all the sports are uh, back soon for all of our sakes. Hi guys, Dane Becker here. If I had to win a championship in any major sporting event, it would probably be the gold medal in Olympic hockey or the World Cup. I think there's something to be said about winning at an international level and to win while playing under the U.S. banner. As a history buff, it's just extra special and it means just a little bit more. Good morning, John, Mark, and Jeff. This is Janine. My answer is the NFL Super Bowl, because as we all know, the NFL is the only game that matters. Love your show. (laughs) Cracks me up. Have a good day. Thanks. It's Lenny, and here it goes. I'm coming up the 18th fairway at Augusta on Sunday in the lead. (laughs) Nothing could be better. My pick would be the Masters. Thanks, Mark and John. All right. That's good stuff. Isn't that fun? So, By the way. You know, I just want to say this about Janine. She's a, a Cowboys fan. Right. I've never seen her wearing anything but a Cowboys jersey. So right. God knows with that on, she doesn't have to worry about the virus. She won't catch anything. Oh, <laughs> can I get a rim shot? I love it. That's outstanding. Although, you know, Amari Cooper is a pretty good wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Masters, he's that got turd. nine votes, John. He's a turd. Nine. He's a he's a what? He's a turd, according to uh, um, uh, Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan got in trouble because he called Amari Cooper a turd. Mm. Said he wouldn't wouldn't spend the kind of money that they're talking about spending on him. He got in trouble for calling him a turd. We've come to that, but uh, yes, yeah. back to the poll question. My, the Masters got a lot of uh, got a lot of love, and Nine. that was my choice as well. Yeah, Mark. and I'll, and I'll tell you why because in in thinking about it, and people came up with two and three different answers, and that's fine. But I, I the way I always thought about this question was it one you get one championship in your lifetime that's it one time if you're lucky enough to win one what would it be and the thing i like about the masters is if you win that you get the lifetime exemption to go back to augusta obviously it's a golf tournament that people who know nothing about golf or care very little about golf are still aware of um there's just a lot about that that would carry me through the rest of my life, which would not be championship filled benefit of the question. Uh, so that's why uh, I like that individual. Uh, it's an individual sport. So it's all about you. And it is one of the marquee events along with like Wimbledon, the Indianapolis 500, the Kentucky Derby, these events that really stand on their own outside of a sports fans milieu. And Stanley Cup, we have a lot of uh, hockey fans, evidently. There were five responses for Stanley Cup, four for the World Cup, five for the Olympics as well, and uh, two for the 4 by 100 relay, one in swimming, one in USA hockey, and one in ice dancing. Wow. Two Super Bowls, two Tour de France's. How about That's that cool. one? They just that rescheduled cool that to the end of August, I think. They're going to try to start that up. I said World Series. I'd just love to you know, be on a World Series winning team. It'd be great. Uh, to be part of that, you have, got, you have the ring forever. Uh, that's just for me. What would be the uh, and, all, and one other person agreed with me. And baseball's your. Uh, that's the sport that you loved first. Yeah. So I think that there's probably a bit of that. You know, for me, the team sport would the sport that I love best is football. But the team sport, I would agree with the folks with the Stanley Cup uh, in hockey because uh-huh. your name's on the Stanley Cup, which right. is really cool. That is cool. We've got a, we had a March Madness vote. We had a World Surf League championship vote, a Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Championship vote. Hey, who could do without that? Somebody who's running out of money for food. Yeah, we got a Wimbledon vote. How about that? That's a good one. That is a good one. Iron Man, Kona. The America's Cup. How about that? The America's Cup. That's a great one, too. Oh, that that is really cool. Yeah, so we've got two, actually, we've got two uh, NCAA national championships. A world axe throwing championship, which, you know, come on. <laughs> That's a fad. That might come in handy. That's a hey, fad right the now. apocalypse, that comes in handy. Unbelievable. Come on now. All right, so that was our poll question. we got a, a great poll question for, for next week, and uh, we're, we're not going to say it yet, but I, I, I really like this one. I think this should so engender. By next week, you mean Friday, right? 
I'm sorry. Yes, this Friday. We're doing sorry this three days that. a week. Are you in for Friday? I want to make I, sure. I, I am. <laughs> I am in for Friday. Yeah, but Friday's is going to suck. Friday. It's next week's that's going to be good. Yes, next week's are going to be good. The Friday Bowl, garbage. Oh, yeah. Friday bowl, don't even, we're it. not even going to tell you it's you so bad. Listen. Just give us answers, uh, and we'll come up with a question. It'll be the great Karnak. Um, the answer is Steve Garvey, field hockey, and an ostrich. Steve Garvey, field hockey, and an ostrich. Ooh. Now, I'm not going to be able to come up with three. I was thinking... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, a, a turd, something, and a bird, but I don't know what yeah. to call field hockey. Well, so I'll tell you, Johnny. I lose that one. Nothing like bringing up thirty-five-year-old references. I love it. So uh, let's go. Let's let's go back in time a few days to previous shows and previous. So we're done. So we're done talking. We're done talking about this. I had so much we more are. I want to talk about with this. Did you really? Well, we we you're disappointed. You, you got to leave them wanting more, John. You got to leave them wanting more. I was just interested in the in the Olympic one. What we got because it surprised me and not that the Olympics because and the Olympics, it, full disclosure for me, was a much bigger deal when I was younger. Um, and but it, it was you know, swimming the four by 100 uh, USA hockey. And Dane made his point about that. And that's an ice dancing. I'm kind of surprised, Mark, that with the Olympics, I would have thought uh, uh, the ice skating, you know, the individual ice skating for the, for the winter Olympics or the downhill skiing marquee events. Um, and for the summer Olympics, I was thinking, well, you know, somebody want to win the, the decathlon or some of those, I just, the four by 100 is so random. Well, and the ice dancing, is that usually a, that's a partnered event, correct? It's both. And, and, And so hockey is also not a singular sport. And neither is the four by one hundred relay. So right. three, three out of the four are not even individual events. Yeah, I just found that really, really interesting. Swimming, I guess you know, because really, I think the first Olympian that I was really aware of was Mark Spitz. So sure, swimming too. I was right uh, in seventy two. Uh, but and the USA hockey, you know, you're the big hockey fan. I get that. The four by one hundred, I just love that. As a guy who used to rent, run track, it's like, wow, you you don't even want to win the hundred. You want to win the four by one hundred. And we got it's, two votes for that. I know that's just bizarre two to me. Two votes for the four by one hundred. All right, let's right. hear four by one hundred if we ever have the Olympics again. I love it. I love it. I do like relays. I think relays are a lot of fun. All I right, let's run. Six lap relay, mile relay, distance medley. Uh, passing that baton is one of the most nerve wracking things you can do. I I would agree. It's nerve wracking it, oh, no, to watch. It's I dropped the baton. I've dropped the baton during competition when I was in high school, and it is. Well, you talk about feeling shame. Yeah, that's worse than missing a twenty-five yard field goal to win the game. Yeah, I couldn't get a kick a twelve yard field goal. So, so a couple of shows ago, we brought up Buster Posey as I don't know a, a, an athlete that anyone but Buster Posey is your favorite giant of all time, or or that a is favorite true. player. That is true, and and it and it's all because of that play at the plate, and you think baseball. He's the elitist that that somehow called up the commissioner and said, "Please change the rule because I got hurt." And Jeff agrees with you on that as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, vehemently. And 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 I don't at all. I mean, I pr- first you're of all, you're a Giants fan. Doesn't count. Your opinion doesn't count. Fan short for fanatic means you're just nuts. Moving on. I will give you my opinion because I, yes, I am a Giants fan, but I don't think I'm a fanatical Giants fan. I just told you how much I appreciate the Dodgers for Jackie Robinson. With all of so those caveats, I have a lot though. more reasonableness about me than most fans do. So I would say that, it, first of all, it's not a contact sport. Anytime it's become a contact sport, baseball has intervened historically to tamp down the contact nature of the sport. When, when people sliding into second base got too violent, uh, they intervened. It's not a contact sport, and I know what. You both what was hockey. the what timeline wise? Isn't it all recent? The the baseball was fine for a hundred years, and then within I want to say ten years, they got rid of all of the contact. That well, first of all, in terms of running into the catcher, that was never a thing. It it really became you know fashionable basically in the nineteen seventy All Star game when. Pete Rose ruined Ray Fossey's career, and it was an all-star game, for crying out loud. But that was never a thing that happened in baseball. It's a pastoral game. 
and it's people had plays at the plate. All you wanted to know, seventy, but it wasn't like that. It wasn't. It wasn't full contact. Oh, they ran guys down. I'll go. I'm going to send you sixty videos from YouTube of guys being run down at the plate from the 1940s on. You know what? If you do, name your price because that that doesn't exist. You're you're making stuff up right now. And I know a network that would love to hire you because you won't have a career anywhere anywhere else. You're making stuff up. That's not the case. There are, there are guys run into and plays at the plate for many, many, many years. Let's Didn't. hear one of our listeners' response oh, to wait. both of yours' opinion. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm listening to AFR today, Saturday, April 11th. And, oh, my gosh, if this had been a radio program you know I would have called in. I've already had this argument with John about Buster Posey. And honest to God, and of course, as far as the play at the plates concerned, I'm sorry, I guess because I don't have the testosterone, I'm not a male, uh, that, oh, that's just so cool when they can just crash into one another and destroy. The catcher, basically, is the guy that usually gets hurt. So, you know, come on. Come on. Please, people. Man, do I want to attack that person. (laughs) I want to attack that person, but I know I can't. I wouldn't want you to do it to my uh, person that's the same as that. So I'm not going to do it to yours. Uh, So can you you, uh, go ahead and respond, though, without full-throated attack? (laughs) Yes. So maybe her point should be well taken. She's not a man. She doesn't have the testosterone. And that play at the plate where the guy is definitely going to be out, but he runs into the catcher, the ball comes out. That is awesome. And it may be my testosterone. It may be my manhood, but it to me it is awesome and i don't feel like i'm alone in that i don't i don't feel like i'm going out on a major limb by saying that that is one of the most exciting plays in baseball was well a play at the plate certainly is a most exciting play there's no doubt about it what has to happen uh from the time the field the outfielder retrieves the ball and and uh, you know get getting it to the relay man and then getting it to the plate and the catcher making the tag and, you know, the third base coach, uh, you know, bringing the guy around. I mean, everything that goes into a play at the plate is one of the most exciting uh, aspects of Major League Baseball. I don't I don't disagree with that. It's just the violent nature of it is is not something that baseball has ever encouraged. They've always tried to tamp it down whenever when, whenever it got, you know, you could, you know, at one point in time, Ty Cobb, at least legend has it, that he would slide into second base and just spike people. They said, you know what? I don't think he was the last one doing that either. Not going to do that. Anyway, I'm just, that's all my point is. I'm not taking anything away about a play at the plate. My goodness, a play at the plate is phenomenal. Well, what, we what, how does it work? How does it work now? What's the Posey rule now that uh, if you uh, if you make the big turn and you're getting near the plate uh, is is the Posey rule is that there's a a series of trivia questions to decide yes. who, uh, if it yes. scores or not? How's yes. how's that work? Or is it a, a as long as you don't look the catcher in the eye, rock, you're fine. papers, scissors when you get there, see who. Good Lord. First of all, all it's, right, not called, it's not called the Posey rule, number one. It is called the Posey rule. It rule is. 0.117-30. Also, okay. by the way, Ty Cobb definitely took out catchers as well as uh, second basemen, and his feet-first slides rarely caused major injuries. There you go. Well, they banned him, so they did that for a reason. So. Mm-hmm. There it is. In nineteen, right, a, hold on, another, I got one more. I got one more thing. In nineteen nineteen, Cleveland Indians catcher Steve O'Neill explained how catchers in his day prepared for plays at the plate in a first-person article. So in nineteen nineteen, this was a thing. We're gonna send that along, Mark. And, and last time I checked, nineteen nineteen before nineteen seventy. Hi, hi, Commissioner. This is Buster. <laughs> Buster, how are you? Uh, uh, ooh, Sounds a lot like Adam Schefter. Uh, <laughs> he does. Please, please, can you take the put me behind plexiglass? He's starting to sound a little like Vince Scully, too. No, 
<laughs> well, yeah, all of my, all of my, uh, Vince Gully at least sound the same. isn't yeah. so hesitant. Like Adam Schefter was hugely hesitant about everything. And so is Buster Posey. It's amazing. Just their, their characteristics are very similar. All right. So we have another mailbag and I'd like turn around third. Here he comes to the plate. And, uh, now they're putting down a card table. That's right. The new rule is game of solitaire. Whoever does best scores the run. All right. Thank you, Vin. Thank you very much. And I think we should look at those. Uh, you know, I'd like to look at that article, that Cleveland Indians article. I, 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 will, I will I'll send it. But let's let's compile some evidence about all this, and we can revisit it at another time. Janine agrees with you, by the way, John, about a topic we talked about last week. This is the other mailbag voicemail. Hey, guys, it's Janine. Your show last week about is it worse to pick the wrong guy or miss, I think it's wrong to pick the, I think it's worse to pick the wrong guy because not only did you pass on the good guy, but now you're stuck with a bad guy. So I think it's worse to pick the wrong guy. Yeah, I'm going to stay with that, Mark. And yeah. again, my reason is if, if you if you pass over the guy the next year, you have the opportunity again to pick a, a, another guy and, and generally you know, most drafts, there are a couple of quarterbacks who will be solid, I guess, uh, contributors at quarterback. But it's just that situation that when you lock into that number one guy, the amount of money you spend on him. And again, the exception that proves the rule is Arizona uh, with uh, with Josh Rosen. And they were able to pick Kyler Murray. And there were other things in play there. But I just think right. you lock yourself in to not being able to pick a guy for the next three years. I think, uh, you know, we've talked about this already. I, I, I take the other side. I just think uh, you need to roll the dice on a, the, the potential once-in-a-generation guy. All right, it's time now for the next two uh, for the next two progressive trivies. These are the final ones. Now, okay. John, do you want to remind everyone of the first two? Southeastern Conference, guy played his college ball in the Southeastern Conference 15 years for two different teams. Uh, played in 11 playoff games. Yes, sir. And one then it Super was Bowl. one Super Bowl played played in uh, uh, took part in one Super Bowl and played with Peyton Manning and Peyton Brad Manning Johnson and Brad Johnson. They were both starting quarterbacks because we often do this these kind of hints. So we use a backup quarterback to throw people off. But they were both starting quarterbacks for teams he played with. And these are the final two. He's a 12 time pro bowler and had over 900 tackles. So he's a defensive player, 12 time pro bowler. His two quarterbacks that he played for uh two two of the the major ones were peyton manning and brad johnson 11 playoff games one super bowl sec guy 15 years two different teams any guesses Hmm. what was the tackle what was the tackle 900 tackles over 900 tackles and and you know you know the reason why we can't give an exact number yes because people will cheat they will Uh, you have to make it as proof as possible I, i i think i got it John Lynch. Was that John Lynch? No, he played in he played at Stanford. Couldn't get further away oh, from the Southeastern right, Conference. Right. Oh, right, right. Dang. But that Robert Mathis. No. Played at Georgia. Oh, the 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 uh he's got a funny name. Yep. Oh. A name that would imply that he won the Super Bowl. He's a safety. Oh, Champ Bailey. Yep. Nice oh, job. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, Brad Johnson with the skins. Yeah, yep. that's right. Peyton Manning uh, out in Denver. All right, that's a good one. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. That was a good Champ, one. Champ, and he was part of one of those. We were talking about NFL drafts uh, or, or trades, and he was part of one of those kind of blockbuster trades because he was traded uh, out to Denver for Clinton Portis. Right. That's big, that big name trade stuff. And that was kind of a win-win for both teams. It really was, yeah. The Redskins didn't have a lot of success uh, in, in this postseason, though they made it there with uh, Clinton Porters a couple of times. But he was a really, really good player in Washington and just beloved. And uh, Champ Bailey, both places, was just a, you know, a, a Hall of Fame talent. Um, yeah, that was that. Yeah, that's a good one. Well done, Mark. Yeah, that is a good nice, one. And, well done. And nice job out of you, Jeff. Thank you. Well done. All right, we're about to wrap up the show, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to wrap it up with letting everyone know what our next episode poll question is. John Pelkey, please do the honors. Player you love to hate. 
This is a really good one, Mark. I think so. We want to give Laura Luke credit for this one as well. Yeah, because honestly, I, I th- hatred is as big a part of being a sports fan as love. I mean, one I of the things I love about baseball is how much I hate the Yankees. Yep, exactly. And you know, I don't. You know, I don't watch a lot of. Uh, regular season baseball try to listen to it as much as possible and i catch uh, the highlights but boy if i tune in and the yankees are behind i might stick with that <laughs> so it's yeah guys that you hate teams yeah, i hate big the cowboys having grown up a, a skins fan so it's a big part of it so player you love to hate and sometimes it's a guy that you wouldn't want to play you never want to play against but you wouldn't mind having on your team exactly you know, throw out a name to jeff taylor essatikanen and, and uh, hockey was that guy. Yes. He can play for a lot of years, and he was a thorn in everybody's shoe. And nobody liked him unless he was on your team. And then he was that guy who did those muck it up things that uh, around the net. He'd fight guys. He was a little bit dirty. So he was a great guy to hate. I hated him when he w- wasn't with the Caps, and I loved him when he was a Cap. That, that's great. Deion Sanders was another one. Whereas oh, 40. sure. You know, he went from the 49ers to the Cowboys. Cowboys hated him with the Niners. He won a Super Bowl, won two Super Bowls with the, uh, no, won one Super Bowl with the Cowboys when he went there. And played uh, with the Skins, end of his he, career. And he, he started with the Falcons, and everyone hated him. And, yep. and, and, and in college was the same way. Everyone hated him. And uh, unless, of course, he played for you. So that's it. Sports figure you love to hate. That's it. And that'll wrap up Episode 6 after further review. Uh, quick grades, John Pelkey. Uh, I thought this was a very solid effort. So I'm going to give myself my usual A. Yes. Jeff is A+. Plus, yes. And I'm going to give you, Mark, an A-. minus. Wow. All A's. Nice. And, and I'm only I'm only counting you down because you still are on the wrong side of that whole post. I love rule. when everybody gets a ribbon A+, plus all around. Uh, <laughs> would you give us all an A+, plus? you would A+, plus all around, yes. like a Jeff. What a guy. Want to thank Jeff uh, tremendously for everything he's done for the show, and we will Should be we? back. Should we thank our nine consistent listeners by name, or <laughs> no? We we're, we're trying to build up our subscription rate. Just okay. subscribe and, and rate and review. Tell your friends. We'll, we'll be back on Friday. This has been after further review.